Greetings in the Master's name. You probably heard different sayings about prayer. Prayer is the Christian's vital breath. In prayer, we reach into the spirit world that we can only faintly see. And Jesus taught a good bit about prayer. So prayer is a powerful thing. It's good we take time to pray. This morning, I start out with a little bit of a quiz. John 17, 17 is an easy reference to remember, 17, 17. Somebody tell me the last four words of John 17, 17. Okay, thy word is truth. That answers a question that was asked several hours after Jesus made that statement. What was the question? What is truth? So Jesus, as they were probably walking from the upper room to the Garden of Gethsemane, as he was teaching there, John 13 through 17, 18. And then, so that was late at night. The next day, Pilate asked him, what is truth? So we have, thy word is truth. What is truth? So the last two words of both those phrases are the same. And so what, Pilate asked, and the answer is thy word. Okay, when we say thy word is truth, when we say thy word, what are we talking about? Yeah, God's word. And what is God's word? Well, it's not, it's not a difficult question. I mean, uh, it, it's probably too simple. But we say God's word and the Bible. Yeah, the Bible is God's word. Okay. Uh, what's the Bible? Yeah, okay. Instruction manual. Uh, okay, <laughs> okay, yeah. Um, so, I was thinking, what is the word? Okay, it's the Bible. But the word, all scripture is given by inspiration of God. So that's the word. It's, it's, it's the word, it's God's word, but all scripture, okay, it's this, it's this, the Bible. But all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, reproof for correction for instruction in righteousness and I think probably many of you memorized that one uh, but there's another one that's similar you can maybe maybe you should turn to that one it's um, 2nd Peter 1 2nd Peter 1 at the end of the chapter uh, last uh, two verses Knowing this first, okay, 2 Peter 1, 20 and 21. Knowing this first, that no prophecy of the scriptures of any private interpretation, for the prophecy came not in old time by the will of men, but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. And so verse 20 says, uh, no prophecy of the scriptures of any private interpretation. In other words, it wasn't man's idea. Uh, 
prophecy came not at old time by the will of man. Holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost, or the uh, another version said, because no prophecy ever came by the impulse of man, but men moved by the Holy Ghost spoke from God. And uh, later on, you'll see that not everybody sees it that way. This, though, was not just man's saying. This is God's saying. So it's God-breathed. It's God-breathed. It's God's revelation of himself to man. Who man is, how man can understand himself, why the world is the way it is, and the answers. And like somebody said, I think, uh, well, okay, I forget how they said it. But anyway, it's a solution key to the questions of life. God has spoken. Like we have that in Hebrews, you know, start at it in, he in the book of Hebrews. God, who at sundry times and in diverse manners spoken to the fathers by the prophets, hath in these last days spoken unto us by his Son. God hath spoken. God has spoken. Let's turn to Psalm 119. Psalm 119 is that marvelous chapter, long chapter, all about God's Word. Psalm 119, verse 34. Psalm 119, verse 34 says, Give me understanding, and I shall keep thy law. Yea, I shall observe it with my whole heart. Okay, now turn over to verse 144. Psalm 119, 144. <clears throat> the righteousness of thy testimonies is everlasting. Give me understanding, and I shall live. And then 169. Let my cry come before thee, O Lord. Give me understanding according to thy word. There's, there, there's, there's, a, there's a word that occurred in all three of those verses. What was it? Understanding. Understanding. How do we understand life? How do we understand what happens? And one thing that prompted this message, just up the street here about a mile, a month ago, there was a double homicide. Two people killed. One was a Harrisonburg High School senior, junior rather, Calora Fields, 17-year-old, and the other was a 22-year-old from Rocky Mountain, North Carolina. That occurred early Saturday morning. <clears throat> this party was going on late Friday night, early Saturday morning, April 14, 15. <clears throat> and then just uh, some news. I'm going to read from some news account about that. Uh, the um, okay that was on the weekend and then on Monday on Monday at the uh, high school it said following the death of 17 year old Calor Fields over the weekend students from Harrisonburg High School staged a walkout Monday afternoon to honor Fields memory and to call attention to the ever-growing crisis of gun violence in America at 2.05 p.m., the entire student body poured out of the school and onto the football field where many carried signs begging for an end to gun violence. The, school, uh, the, the Harrisonburg uh, City School Superintendent, who heard about the student-led walkout early in the day, was on site to offer support to the students, faculty, staff, and, mem staff and members of Calor's family 
who were also invited. I may not be pronouncing the name right. The students lined up in a massive circle around the football field and stood quietly while Calor's mother, Candice Strother, and other members of his family were escorted into the football field. As the family wept and embraced each other, they were quickly surrounded by friends from school. Uh, Richards, that's uh, the superintendent, said that the walkout signaled to him that society needed to do more to combat the surge in gun violence in the country. So that was on the Monday following the uh, shooting. And then on the Friday, there was a, a get-together on Court Square. And um, it was one of the organizers was 18-year-old Jaden Walker, one of uh, Field's friends. Uh, and he said this uh, when he heard about Kalor's passing. My heart dropped, and the first thing I did was I got on my knees, and I prayed, I prayed, I prayed for his mom to be protected through this devastating thing that happened, he said. Walker said he wanted this event to send a clear message. Put guns down and just find ways of solving problems other than killing each other, he said. <clears throat> the best thing to do is just to pray on it or talk it out with a person because a gun doesn't do nothing but cause grief. Dozens of teens, law enforcement officers, Harrisonburg officials, and some who didn't know Fields all agreed the gun violence has to stop. Walker's hope is that Harrisonburg will be a safe city for future generations and that people will learn that gun violence is not an appropriate way to display emotion. Walker said this is the first of many events to come to stop gun violence in the local community and beyond. So the concerns that were expressed, the support that was shown, all that is certainly in order. And Far be it from me to condemn any of that. But what are the answers to society's problems? See, that verse said, Psalm 118, 64, Give me understanding according to thy word. That's where we get understanding. That's where we start to understand society's problems and the answers to society's problems. Dozens of young people at a party in the wee hours of Friday night, Saturday morning, with all that might be going on. What homes did they come from? Some years ago, Ben Martin made a comment to the fact that the more and more broken homes that we have, the more and more troubled youth we're going to have. The family is the foundation of society. Uh, it's the foundation of a civilization. And with the breakdown of the family unit, society unravels. But nothing in the news is going to go there. They're not going to go there for problems. I mean, gun violence, I, I can agree about gun violence, but taking away guns is not going to solve society's problems. Uh, it's deeper than that. In Dadeville, Alabama, uh, at the same weekend, there were four people killed and 32 wounded, some critically, at a Sweet 16 birthday party. There were 50 to 60 people crammed in a 1,000-square-foot dance studio room. And the six that were arrested ranged in age from 15 to 20. The four that were killed 
range in age from 17 to 23. One news article said, the birthday celebrant, that's the, the girl that was turning 16, recounted that her older brother had found her at the party after hearing that someone there had a gun. The celebrant's mother, after hearing the same rumor, had turned on the lights, catch that, and demanded anyone with a gun to leave. When no one left, she turned the lights back off. And I witnessed day that shooting began within five minutes. The um, police found seven different handguns. There were 89 shell casings. But, but again, I say, what were the family units or the lack of family units that all those young people came from? I say the family unit is the core of any society or civilization well, and everything else that might have been going on there. So what, what do we expect? Um, after the Supreme Court ruling um, about abortion and turning the um, legislative uh, prerogatives back to the states, um, a lot of rallies about that um, in opposition to the Supreme Court ruling. Um, in one of the uh, news items, I saw somebody holding a sign that said abortion is health care. So murder is health care. You see the irony? Murder is health care. Um, Isaiah 5 verse 12, or Isaiah 5 verse 20 says, Woe unto them that call evil good and good evil, that put darkness for light and light for darkness, that put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Recognition of God's truth is a solution. Man lacks understanding because truth has been rejected. Uh, in Psalm 119, uh, you got well. You don't have to, unless you got your Bible open. It's 142. The last words of Psalm 119, 142 says, "Thy law is the truth." And in Psalm 119, 151, the last part of the verse says, "All thy commandments are truth. Thy word is truth." There are physical laws in the universe. When those laws are ignored, there's consequences. If a person goes around a curve and ignores the law of centrical force, there's liable to be some results. There might be damage. There might be suffering. There might be death by ignoring the law. And there are moral laws of the universe. And if those laws are ignored, there's consequences. So... The immoral practices of the day, there's consequences, there's results, there's damage. The, um, all the gender confusion that's going on these days. And it's said that these people, they need protection because the suicidal rates are higher, uh, depression is more prevalent, uh, supposedly because they aren't accepted and affirmed. And to suggest that their struggles might be because of rejecting moral 
God's moral code to suggest that is considered hate speech. Isaiah 59, 14 said, says, And judgment is turned away backward, and justice standeth afar off, for truth is fallen in the street, and equity cannot enter. This week I, uh, I was taking some uh, mail to the, um, to the um, Minnesota Simons Historical Library. They subscribe to a few things from Christian Light because, you know, Historical Library, they keep things, records. And I picked up a copy of the latest, uh, the end of the year, uh, Weather Vane. That's the, um, the um, Eastern Mennonite University um, student paper. On the front, they have a picture there of, a, you might say, the quad there before the one of the building. And uh, these, this uh, sign there, this big stone sign, Eastern Mennonite University, that word is truth. It used to be uh, in Lehman Auditorium. It used to be on the wall uh, at the end of the auditorium. That word is truth, but it's still on that sign. In the uh, <clears throat> one of the articles in the paper was a reprint of something that they had printed back in September. <clears throat> it was uh, EMU faces anti-LGBTQ protester. Uh, there was a fellow last, uh, well, soon after school had started there, I think it was in August, uh, a fellow was out on the sidewalk there next to the school, and he was holding a sign, a, a large sign, that read, Seven Scriptures Against Homosexuality. Well, he was on public property there along the street, so there wasn't anything to do as far as um, making him leave. Uh, one of the students, a junior student, says, when I stepped out of my dorm to see it, I, for the first time, felt unsafe at EMU. So when this student stepped out of her dorm and saw a man holding a sign with seven scripture verses on it, she felt unsafe. Well, the students then, they, they gathered around this man, and um, I don't know if they had signs or not, but they gathered around him and they started singing and whatever, and they sort of shut him down. And so this student went on to say, I never thought that something so harmful, that's the man holding the scripture sign, could turn into an event so beautiful, that's shutting him down, that it brought tears to my eyes. All of these wonderful humans make EMU a loving and affirming space for everyone. And then a, a professor said, we have some of the most amazing students, and I saw evidence of that on Monday when hatred, that's holding the, the sign with scripture verses on it, and discrimination was met with peace, love, and a full-on pride party. The, um, the vice president for diversity, equity, and inclusion um, sent an email out to the whole community when, this, when they noticed that man out there and said, uh, we stand in solidarity with all of our LGBTQ community. This is what we strive for at EMU, to be in community with each other. 
embrace difference, respect others, and affirm our values of inclusivity. That inclusivity includes everyone except people holding scripture signs, you see. And the, uh, the uh, vice president of diversity, equity, and inclusion. So that, that's an office they have there. And so what did the verse say? It says, truth is fallen in the street. That was pretty literal there. And equity cannot enter. And I'm not particularly, I, I, I really, uh, I, I, I'm really not, my point is to, isn't to single out EMU because it's all over the nation on college campuses, university campuses. It's just it happens to be local. In the Daily News record, I noticed some things uh, recently. Um, I look at the editorial page and uh, there's always, always an, uh, a political cartoon on the editorial page. And uh, one of them recently uh, had this teacher here and on the blackboard is the word hatred and it said, this is Florida. It's all I'm allowed to teach. And the reason that what the cartoon is getting at in Florida, there's some uh, legislation being passed or proposed that is trying to rein in some of this far out teaching. And so it's considered hatred. And then <clears throat> another um, article that was May the 12th, a viewpoint article, editorial. This was written by a uh, retired uh, professor at um, JMU. And he's talking about <clears throat> this uh, gender debate stuff. <clears throat> and, he, and he says, <clears throat> in truth, I don't think that people positioning themselves on this issue are really arguing about gender. They are arguing about worldviews, whether we stick to old concepts of gender, the exclusive dichotomy of male and female, or whether we open ourselves up to new ways of imagining gender. And I think that's spot on. It's not an issue about those particulars. It's about worldviews. He goes on to say, and he's, he's uh, responding to, they had a speaker there that, that um, adhered to the, um, the old concept of gender, you might say, the exclusive dichotomy of male and female. They had a speaker there on campus recently, and so he's, he was writing after this, and he says, I am a bit snotty. I don't give time to stupidity. I don't need to review much of her argument. Essentially, and he's talking about her argument, there are only men and women, and that's the way God designed it. Although I try to be tolerant, that argument is simply too stupid to entertain. Maybe she believes in the story of Adam, Eve, the garden, and the snake. And so a person who believes in Adam, Eve, garden, and the snake is beyond stupidity. When I went to school quite a few years ago, I went to Turner Ashby High School, it's now Wilbur Pence Middle School. There were about a thousand students there. We could go in and out of the doors early in the morning, late in the evening, different entrances. 
we didn't have school resource officers. We had a guidance counselor that mainly helped you with your high school academic projection. Now, 60 years later, they're talking about uh, key card entries, school resource officers, mental health counselors. What's the difference? It's because of the stupidity back then of people who believed about Adam, Eve, the garden, and the snake. Back then, people believed that. Nowadays, it's stupidity, and you see the results. Psalm 82, verse 5 says, They know not, neither will they understand. They walk on in darkness. All the foundations of the earth are out of course. Romans 1.28 says, And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient. This is God's revelation. The creator of the universe, the one who put it all in place, the one who created man, the one who told us truth, the one who told us how things function. The one who told us how to live to experience joy and peace. And if that is rejected, what is left? All that is left is the concoction of man's thinking. And that's, I don't, I don't have to, I myself don't have to say that that's stupidity. It says God's foolishness is, how does it say it there in Corinthians? Because the foolishness of God is wiser than men and the weakness of God is stronger than men. The grass withereth, the flower fadeth, but the word of our God shall stand forever. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall not pass away. One is Isaiah 48, the one was Matthew 24, 35. Man's reasoning will pass away, God's word will not pass away. And in reading some of these things I read, hopefully that doesn't stir up animosity towards those who reject the word or those who have gender confusion. Everyone needs God's love. We need to show care and concern, but we also need to We, we, we can love and show kindness to all people, but we, sh we, we do, but to, to, to consider, if we do not affirm or accept certain behaviors or ways of thinking, If in not accepting certain behaviors and ways of thinking that we're guilty of hate speech or being hating, then so be it. We have to stand on truth. We have to stick to truth because once this is gone, there's no foundation. 
There's just no foundation. And like I say, society unravels. And so actually, we're not the ones that are hating. We're the ones that's trying to, per I mean, apart, apart from even, um, well, it, it can't be apart from it, but apart from a church position, you know, churches are supposed to teach the truth. But simply from the position of being a good citizen that cares about our country, we don't want our civilization to unravel. We don't want our country to unravel. But it's gonna if this book is rejected. So, yeah, that's where I say truth is just turned on its head. The people who want to preserve truth are the ones that are considered to be the problem. And, and, and that, that's not unusual in history. That's not unusual because of the spiritual conflict between God and Satan. It goes on. But man's reasoning will pass away. God's word will not pass away. Now, um, I want to I move on to a little bit more. <clears throat> and uh, we, we should be turning to these verses, but I'll just give the references. Psalm 12, verse 6. The words of the Lord are pure words, as silver tried in a furnace of earth, purified seven times. Proverbs 30, verse 5. Every word of God is pure. He is a shield unto them that put their trust in him. And we should turn to Psalm 19. Please turn to Psalm 19. Now, that's a, a condensed version of Psalm 119. Psalm 19. The first part of the verse talks about how nature, uh, the creation, speaks of God. And the last part of the chapter uh, speaks more directly to the written word. But it says in verse 7, the law of the Lord is perfect. Verse 8, the stat, okay, no, verse 7, the law of the Lord is perfect. The testimony of the Lord is sure. Verse 8, the statutes of the Lord are right. The commandment of the Lord is pure. Verse 9, the fear of the Lord is clean. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold and so on. Moreover by them is thy servant warned in keeping of them there's great reward in the next verse is who can understand. That's God's word. Uh, see, Joe, when the children were dismissed this morning, and we sang that song, the B-I-B-L-E, yes, that's the book for me. Stand alone on the word of God, B-I-B-L-E. And the next verse of that song, and he switched to M-H-A-P-P-Y, but the next verse of the song says, the B-I-B-L-E, I'll take it along with me. I'll read and pray and then obey the B-I-B-L-E. I should sing it, but maybe I shouldn't. Uh, anyway, and then the other one is, um, I have a wonderful treasure, the gift of God without measure. And so we travel together, my Bible and I. We have this treasure. Um, well, maybe not this book, but this title, this story. Uh, uh, people aren't readers anymore. Um, how many of you have read the story of Mary Jones and her Bible? Uh, a couple hands. Uh, see, the setting there was uh, Welsh, I think, Wales. Very late 1700s. This nine-year-old girl desperately wanted a Bible. And she saved six years. She saved up her money six years to get enough money to buy a Bible. After six years of what little bit of money might have been given her for gifts or little chores she could do for the neighbors, where she had enough money to buy a Bible. Can you imagine 
a young person today <laughs> six years saving six years to get enough money to buy a Bible. <laughs> well, okay, so when she was 15, she had her she had enough money. She walked 25 miles to a town where a man had a Welsh Bible. And they had already all been spoken for, but he felt so bad for her. Not it, quite every detail in this account of it is correct, but since he gave her one, but he, he actually gave her two Bibles. She wanted a Bible really bad. It's a treasure. What's the Bible to you? Psalm 119.5, Thy word is a lamp to my feet and a light unto my path. So where do you get your light? Where do you see this? Is, we can talk about the people out there. We can talk about the alphabet community and we can talk about the colleges, the universities and, and all their stuff. But what about us? Where do you get your light? Do you get it from the news that your computer or phone feeds you after learning how you think and learns how you think and it keeps on feeding you the same thing? Do you get your light from social media? How much time do you spend with the word compared to those devices? And when you spend time with the word, is it duty or devotion? Are you hungry or obligated? And so with all the voices today, with all the voices today and all this clamor, all this political clamor and so on, the stuff you can hear and read, how much we need divine guidance to rise above all the confusion. Our thinking can get so easily taken in by earthy discourse and, and to stay, to be protected, to keep our bearings, we need to stay saturated with the truth and perspective of God's word. <clears throat> I don't uh, have time to go into this, but this was an illustration from um, in or the Navigators, I think. I got this from the Navigators. But the Bible, so here's a hand on the Bible. And so meditation, that's Psalm 1. Memorization, Psalm 119, Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. Study, Acts 17 11, that's the Bereans were more noble than those in Thessalonica, and that they searched the word daily whether those things were true. Revelation 1 3, read the word, blessed are those who read, and then hear, Revelation 10 17. Actually, that's a series of, of five messages. But uh, grasping the word, uh, Keeping our bearings, uh, our, uh, um, forming our thinking by what the Word says. Like, okay, so the first one was uh, was uh, meditating on the Word, reading, meditating the Word, and Psalm Psalm one, you know, Psalm one, verse one says, "Blessed is the man that." walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the squad. Listening to all the voices around us, 
listening to all the voices around us. That's Psalm 1, verse 1. Walking in the counsel of the ungodly, standing in the way of sinners, sitting in the seat of the scornful. A lot of this political discourse is scornful. But, verse 2, his delight is in the law of the Lord, and his law does he meditate day and night. And then verse 3 says he's going to be a fruit-bearing Christian. John 5, 39 says, Search the scriptures, for in them you think you have eternal life, and they are they which testify of me. Our searching of the word, our reading of the word, we should not be satisfied with it until it until it moves us to be more like Jesus Christ. That's our measuring stick. And so, memorizing the word. Um, memorizing the word. You know, the Bible says, um, take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, the sword of the Spirit. And, and Hebrews 4.12 says, the word of God is quick and powerful, and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the abiding asunder of sword and uh, soul of the spirit and the discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. And so the word is the sword of the spirit, but if the spirit's going to use it, well, when we read it, uh, the spirit uses it. But then <clears throat> when we're out talking to other people, if the, if the spirit's going to use it, it needs to be in here so it can come to our minds. And just an illustration, um, <clears throat> quite some time back in another setting, in another state, actually, it was. There was this young lady that was uh, in sort of a VS situation, I think. The uh, family was homeschooling, and um, the um, for the mother to be able to take time to help the children, uh, this young lady went into that home to help out. Well, it was... Um, First generation Anabaptist family, and the uh, father had some definite uh, ideas, I guess you would say. And it said, like, uh, sometimes around the table when they'd be discussing things, well, this was a very modest young lady, and she was not going to in any way um, debate. But the mother said that sometimes this young lady would just quote a Bible verse. That's all she'd do. She just quoted a Bible verse that spoke so directly to the husband's opinions. <laughs> uh, so, uh, but thy word have I hid in my heart, see? She had it in her heart. The spirit could use it. Well, yesterday I was out here holding this sign. I'm glad for the privilege of holding this sign. One of Mark's signs. Read the Bible. Truth, wisdom, hope. I mean, people can call it stupidity. But truth, wisdom, hope, and we could add understanding. Beautiful. And so Psalm 19:10. More to be desired are they than gold, yea, than much fine gold, sweeter also than honey and the honeycomb. Moreover, by them is thy servant warned, and in keeping of them there is great reward. That the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Let's kneel for prayer.